uh, I use sometimes in my devotion, uh, my own devotional life, a book that was written by Eugene Peterson, and it's called um, Praying with the Psalms. So it basically takes a portion of a psalm each day, and you read the psalm, and then you interact with the devotional, and it just helps you. The book of Psalms is a prayer book according to God's purpose. It, uh, some expressions of Christianity talk about the Psalter, and they're, what they're referring to is the book of Psalms as a prayer book. And so uh, often when you interact with it, it's exactly that, the prayers of other pre- people that have been recorded and that help us. And here in Psalm 145, the scripture says, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. We used to, uh, our basically hometown is Augusta, Georgia, and we always would attend a candlelight service there at my sister's church when we were visiting with them back uh, years ago. And I uh, think about this symbolism. You know, what we'll do tonight as we observe the Lord's Supper together and as we have a candlelight service is to reflect on God's ways to us with some images that will use the images of the elements of the bread and the cup as they represent Jesus' body and Jesus' blood that's been shed for us. But then the light, the candle service itself has, it's an emblem, it's a symbolic way that we're communicating an important truth, a biblical reality. And so in this part of the scripture, one of the things that I think is important to think about is in a while after we observe communion and we light these candles is what are we doing? What is it that we're saying in that symbol? What is it about fire that has a particular meaning to us that made us say, we're going to do a candlelight service tonight? What's the meaning in that? That's what I want us to think about. And I think the psalmist said it perfectly here. He, he says basically what our hope is, what our desire is, is to have a generational influence that I'll pass along this fire, the idea. Fire is an essential element, right? Aren't you glad for fire right now at home? I mean, somehow it's involved in the process of making us warmer, or at least the concept of heat and light. Uh, was there originally for people. It really is an essential element. And the idea that we're receiving in this candlelight service is that we're passing something along. I remember uh, in the 70s they used to sing a song called Pass It On. Anybody remember that old hippie Jesus movement song, Pass It On? And And that's the idea is that we're communicating something. We're conveying something. Hopefully we're passing generationally on something that is of great importance. And of course for us the most important thing of all, this truth that we've discovered as God found us and rescued us out of our sin and brought us to himself. And Eugene Peterson when he talked about this psalm said praise is passed down between generations. 
In the, in the uh, fourth verse in this passage particularly, it says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. He says, Praise is passed down through generations, and praise is lifted up in one century, century or echoed in another. Our voices pick up themes announced hundreds of years ago and add personal variations, producing the voice of a great multitude like the sound of many waters and like the sound of mighty thunderpeals crying out hallelujah. And so we do. We add our voice to the voices of others who have sung even before us, generations before us, family members and people that have influenced us. And I think about that, that there are people in our own uh, history who've influenced us and lighting candles and passing fire in the way that we will in community. That's what we are, spiritual community of, of people who believe in Christ. And in our families is emblematic. It is a rich symbol of what we're hoping to do through our life, which is to impart faith to those that we know. Whether they're in our family or they're in our neighborhood or they're friends, we hope that they will, through us, experience Jesus Christ, who said this, about himself. I am, he said, the light of the world. I am, Jesus said, the light of the world. But you know what he said about us? He says, you are what? The light of the world. He says, you're the light. Isn't that a a fascinating thing that Jesus said about himself? I'm the light of the world, but he said about you, you, you are the light of the world. And so we've, we are those who communicate through our lives this truth about Jesus. And when and we think about this uh, season of Advent, and in Jesus, in God's gift to us, we find life's meaning. You know, I think about that. So many people totally miss it at this time of the year. Christmas is about materialism. It's about family. Families of, you know, huge importance, but... If Jesus isn't the center and reality of it all, we don't understand Christmas at all or Advent, his, his coming. And so he is the meaning of life. He's everything. People say that now. That's everything. This or that is everything. No, Jesus is everything. If we don't have him, we don't have anything. We don't have the very most important thing that God intended for us to have. I love how in Hebrews it talks about Jesus this way. It says, in him we have this hope as an anchor to our souls. He says he anchors our life, the scripture says. And through him we experience the forgiveness of our sins. When we observe communion in just a few minutes, that's what we're reflecting on is the idea the reality that Jesus allowed himself to die in our place and was raised from the dead so that the forgiveness of our sins was accomplished. And we just show up to say thank you and to worship and to observe and remember. And that's what we always say. That's what Jesus said. When you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Remember me. And that's what we're doing. We're remembering him. We're remembering that we're forgiven if we know Jesus, if we yielded to him and surrender to him and experience the forgiveness of our sins. Just saying yes to his promise of forgiveness to us and coming to him in repentance and faith. And so that's what we remember as we have uh, the Lord's Supper and, and communion together.
In Jesus, we experience the purpose for which we were created, to be in relationship with God. I love the scripture that says that God, in, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not accounting our sins to us. And it's committed to us this ministry of reconciliation. God was just bringing people back to himself after we were fallen. And the sin had alienated us from him. So Jesus came to bring reconciliation. He put everything back together in the way that God had purposed originally. And he brought healing. And as Isaiah wrote about what uh, salvation is, he, he says, by his wounds we are healed. And that healing for us is wholeness. He brings wholeness or the possibility of it in a relationship with him. And all the things that we experience in Christmas about Jesus are kind of hidden at first in this baby, but the the idea of the ministry that we would have or he would have and we would experience through him. So he secured by his sinless life and his death as a substitute and his powerful resurrection for us, cleansing and forgiveness and, and reconciliation. And so we... When we think about the candlelight part of this service, we pass along in our, here's how I think about it myself in my own life and my own witness. Sometimes it's faltering. Sometimes I wish I were braver than I am. I wish I had more courage than I, than I have. Sometimes I wish I weren't as clumsy in my ways as I am, but I am. I wish it was more perfect. I wish when I try to share my faith with other people, I, w- I didn't feel like such a kind of spiritual klutz, but I don't. I feel exactly like a spiritual klutz. Sometimes it, uh, I feel like oh, I just wish I had things together better than I do, but it's also a reminder of me of the importance of the gospel. Why do I need the gospel? Well, I need it because I don't have it together. I need it because I'm faltering and clumsy and... And imperfect. And Jesus, the perfect one, came to take care of us and to forgive us. And so many of us, as we think about this passing of fire, can think about people in our life. I've shared here before my mother led me to faith in Christ. I was 24 years old when I humbled myself and became broken enough to say yes to this offer of forgiveness. And it was my mom. But for some of you, it may have been a pastor who shared their faith in Christ with you, and it resonated and became for you the most compelling truth in life. Or it may have been a teacher. I know people who in school systems have experienced teachers who were faithful to Christ and shared with them and cared for them, or maybe it was your parents or your grandmother. But someone passed along to us hope in the message of the gospel. Somebody was faithful to do that for us. And when we, in a few moments, light these candles, that's what it it means, is that as Jesus is the light of the world, he says, so are you. You're the light of the world. And we're taking it. You'll, You'll extinguish that candle before you leave here, but not the light that Jesus says goes with you. He says, we keep carrying that light. If we're the light of the world, are we shining in the places that are, that darkness is prevalent? Well, that's his intent. Is that like when you leave and you go back wherever you are, light goes with us. Let's pray together. God, don't let the praise of your name end with us. For our part, 
We don't want to be the end of the, the line. Help us treat this fire inside us as an essential element. Let it burn brightly through us so that by our lives and testimonies, others might know Christ. As we share in these symbols of your broken body and shed blood, may we truly remember the incredible gift of Christmas. Would you stand with me and I'll invite our uh, elders, if you would, to come at this time. And as they're uh, coming and as we prepare, if you're you're going to share in communion in this way, we just invite you to come on each side and and, uh, form a line. And if you're unfamiliar, you can just watch others at first and you'll you'll see what's done.